Praise God, we're in the middle, or not in the middle, we just started last Sunday uh, this series uh, called Awesome. Uh, and it's about building, or I told you last week, it's really about fighting for great relationships in your life. And uh, I told you, you got to put your dukes up because there will be a fight. The, the devil doesn't like unity he likes disunity right he likes to split churches he likes to split friendships he likes to split marriages he likes division where god he likes to bring things together so there is a fight sometimes to these relationships so we started looking last week at friends what about your friends how many remember that song who is that tlc oh left it left it i love what was her name let yeah that got that girl rest in peace uh, and then I remember, uh, I mean, I'm dating myself a little bit, which y'all already know, but what was that song, that Christian song we always sing at camp? Friends are friends forever. How many y'all remember that? When the lost, a lot of them. Y'all hold hands? Anybody hold hands around the, at the Christian bonfire? What's wrong with y'all? Bunch of heathens? Oh, yeah. Friends are not saying that. Woo! Yeah, and then you cry because you hug because the camp's over and you got to go home. Oh, Yeah. Uh, so we're talking or looking at these uh, friendships. And I told you last week I was going to give you five reasons scripturally why you need supernatural relationships or supernatural friendships outside of just your family. And uh, how many of y'all remember this? I said that I'm going to give you five, but I only gave you three. Y'all remember what the first ones were last week? What was the first reason why you need these friendships? It's right there in your worship guide for spiritual growth. You can't grow spiritually or you can't fulfill the will of God for your life without other people. Jesus needed people. He had a mom. He had a dad. He had disciples. Peter and Paul and Caleb and, and uh, Joshua and Moses and Aaron. Uh, not just husbands and wives. God said it's not good for man to be alone. And we think of that as being scriptures for husbands and wives. But all throughout scripture, we see God gathering individuals to do the will of God. And they needed each other. So you can't fulfill the will of God all by yourself. And you're just a few friendships away from being twice as good as a disciple of Jesus Christ. So we need to be looking for these friends. The second reason why you need awesome friends is emotional support. Many times we say, I don't think God hears me. I need some support. I need some strength. I need some wisdom. But God brings his wisdom through people. I mean, I've been talking to somebody and you just know the wisdom of God's coming through that person right now. You need peace. God brings his wisdom, his peace, his understanding, his anointing, his grace. He brings it many times through people you're supposed to be in relationship with. So if you don't have time for those relationships, you go through life thinking, where's God? And he's like... I sent those people there to give you wisdom and strength and emotional support and to pick you up when you're down, but you don't have time for them, so you're missing out on me coming through them. Third reason why you need good friends is social enjoyment, or that just means fun. I mean, I like to have fun. Joys are doubled when you got friends. Sorrows are cut in half when you have friends i'm gonna give you the fourth one right now why you need these relationships in your life and that is for health health you'll have better health how do we know this well scientists this is not bible right now scientists have actually proven that people that have long lasting committed 
friendships. Now, I don't mean casual because we all have casual. Facebook's casual. They happen by coincidence. Committed friendships happen on purpose. They take time. But if you have these committed types of relationships in your life, they've proven now that you live five to ten times longer with these types of relationships. People that are alone, people that are depressed, people that, that, that are in, introvert, everything about them, they just don't live as long or as well. Well, why is that? Why does that happen? Well, because uh, I have this book here, and I've had this book for several, several years, called Deadly Emotions. And it's a book on anger, hostility, resentment, bitterness, unforgiveness, anxiety, repressed anger. These are deadly emotions. Or what, what this doctor has proven, or what he says, is that these emotions, if we hold on to them, it, it actually makes our body sick. Or actually, if you hold on to anger and anxiety and depression and resentment and bitterness, which Jesus talked about this, if you hold on to this stuff, you actually become toxic. Or you actually become an emotional cesspool. It's kind of gross, isn't it? But if you have good quality committed people in your life, they know how to break the levees of your toxicity. And they give you an outlet to process these negative emotions. Because if you just hold this junk in, I mean, I know suicide's incredibly, it's rampant. It's one of the number one killers in our nation. Uh, anxiety and depression. We just become a walking toxic emotion. We carry this stuff in, but God brings people into your life and they help you unload this emotional baggage and it clears some things out. I you know sometimes it's just good to clear the air, get some things out, talk about some things. James chapter 5 verse 16, it says, and you put it up there, it says, confess your faults. One to who? To another. You notice he doesn't say confess your faults to God. Here he says, confess your faults one to another. And then what's step two? And he says, and pray one for another. Step one, he says, confess your faults. What are faults? Anxieties, temptations, fear, bitterness, wrath. Confess those faults one to another and then pray. How I many of you it's good to have some people that know how to pray? But if you just hold that stuff in, you're just a walking septic tank. But if you get the right people, he says, confess your faults, your temptations, your trials, your difficulties, confess them one to another and pray. And then what's the last part? He says that you may be what? Heal. Emotional healing, relational healing, financial healing, whatever healing you need. It doesn't just come through God, but there's actually healing that comes through people. Confess your faults one to another. Let's say it like this. If you want forgiveness, you ask God. God, I ask you to forgive me. If you want healing, here he's talking about healing, it's good, to, it's good to find you some people. Why? Because people help bring you this healing. I told you last week of a guy that, that came to me, a friend of mine, and he says, uh, you know, I, I'm married, I'm, I'm working at the church, but I struggle with pornography. Well, he goes to God and asks God for forgiveness. God asks you to forgive me for looking at that, for thinking like that, for considering that. God asks you to forgive me. 
And that's he goes to God for healing. But he's coming to me. Why? Because he recognizes I have to confess this fault one to another so that I can be healed, so that my marriage is saved and that my ministry is saved and that these relationships in my life are saved. I don't want to just be forgiven. I mean, I know I like forgiveness. Lord, pour it on thick. I need plenty. But I don't want to just go through life forgiven. I want to go through life healed. Right? I want, I want things to be better. I don't want to hide it in the ministry for 20 years and then have it come out and ruin a whole bunch of people. I mean, I know we've seen plenty of that. Right? So, so no, so, so there is a healing that comes from our relationships with people. The fifth reason why you and I need friends, according to Scripture, is because if you want to reach your goals, reach goals. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with people. How I many I like to go fast? Man, I like picking them up and putting them down, right? In the time it takes me to train knucklehead, I could have done it three times by myself. How I many ever felt like that before? I don't have time to mess around with them. Right, Keith's in construction. He's like, I can, I can pull strings a lot faster than I can show Dodo Bird over here who don't even know how to use a tape measure. I mean, I work with people like that. But, but how many of y'all know at the end of the day, by the projects long gone, it's real good for you to have taught some people because some people can really help you on the long end. Let's look at this verse here, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. It says, two people are better than one. Because they get more done by working together. Next verse in the New King James Version. It says, for if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. I mean, I know this is the Bible we're reading here. Next verse says, again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone in other words if you want to go fast a lot of times it's quicker for you and i to go by ourselves. but if we want to go far in life we need people how many y'all know uh, how many ever watched uh, there used to be a show on television called climbing everest anybody watch that show wasn't it a great show and nobody climbs everest by themselves. you know they would all hire uh, a sherpa and a Sherpa is just somebody that's going to help them get there. And there are people that in pride, they say, I'm going all by myself. I'll be up. I'll be down. But then whenever it drops down 20 below or 30 below, uh, you need somebody there. Here, he says, he says if, if it gets real cold, you need somebody to lay down with. I mean, I know men don't like this part. I mean, I know if you get stranded and it's 30 below, it's just you and another dude. You got some tough choices to make here. It's like, man, it looks like we're going to have to spoon. I won't tell if you don't tell. Looks like, looks like I need 98.6 degrees right now, snugged up real close. I need it. You may not like it, but sometimes life or death is dependent upon your ability to get some people around you. He says, woe to him who falls, who doesn't have somebody to pick him up. Listen, there's a lot of marriages that go or that are going. But they never reach the goal, which is a long-lasting, happy marriage. Because there's a falling out, and there's not someone there to help pick him up and say, No, no, no. This is the way. Walk ye in it. 
and lots of relationships, financial things, things happen. And we all set goals in our life. I want you to know God wants you to reach your goals. But you can't reach them by yourself. Ecclesiastes right here, he says, listen, it's not good. You can, you can go further. Two people are better than one because they get more done by working together. If you want to fulfill your goals, you need some people around you. Five reasons why you need these types of relationships. I could have given you 50 but we'll leave it at five. And uh, so if we recognize that these are things that we need. I mean, I can see, we've only gone through five reasons and all of us can see that this is something that we need in our life. And yet most of us don't have it. The average American has 338 Facebook friends. That's the average. The average American has 338 friends, and yet 25% of Americans say that they don't have one committed friendship. One person that is reliable, dependable, trustworthy, that's not a gossip, that they can confide in, that they can confess their faults to one another, that they can pray with so that they can be healed. If we have 100 people in this room right now, 25 of you would say, I've got 338 friends on Facebook, but I don't have one person that I can confide in on my own. Of the 75% that, that do have somebody that they can confide in, 91% only have one person in their life. These are really uh, not very good statistics for us that are living in the most technologically advanced time in history. There was one guy I found, and I got this stuff out of uh, different surveys, New York Times and USA Today, and, uh, but there was one, one guy, he, he had over 700 friends on Facebook. So he got on Facebook and he says, whoever comes to this restaurant, uh, I'll buy you dinner. You want to guess how many showed up? None. I I wish he'd have called me. I'd have brought my whole family. I'd have brought me and my little children. Yeah, we'd have showed up. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're buying dinner? All right, here we go. What's your name again? Yeah, we've been friends on Facebook for a couple years now. Yeah, sit right there, children. order, Order whatever you want. My man, the, the guy, the 700 friends on Facebook, and nobody showed up. He had one person that I think they said uh, called and, and uh, uh, thanked him for the offer, but it's over 700 of them, none of them showed up. What's that mean? That just means that, that we're living in a time where we all have a lot of friends. Supposedly, we have a lot of friends. But really, I submit many of these are just a counterfeit for the real thing. I mean, I know that, that whenever it comes to like uh, drugs and alcohol and running around and, and doing all these things that we know that the Bible teaches us that we shouldn't uh, be going overboard or doing any of this stuff, that all of those things are really a counterfeit for the real deal. Right, if you look on the day of Pentecost, it says these are not drunk as you suppose, for it's the ninth hour of the day. They're all filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says don't walk in the flesh or fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit, that the Spirit is life and the flesh is death. We have in Scripture over and over again, the Bible tells us, walk this way, the Spirit of life, and then this way. Don't walk over here, it's the Spirit of death. But many times we walk over here because it's a counterfeit for the real deal. How many of y'all know what I'm saying? 
We, we like it over here because we think that it's giving us something, but really it's just a counterfeit for what Jesus is really offering. And I submit to you that now we kind of have this social media thing that's really a counterfeit for the real deal. It's funny because one psychologist, he says, once someone gets more than 20 likes, how I many y'all know what I'm talking about? Don't act ignorant. They put something on Facebook. We've all done it. And you're like, put a picture of my breakfast I made. Sliced strawberries and mint leaves. Oh, how many likes can I get? Oh, and we'll check it half a dozen times throughout the day. Because once we get over 20, psychologists say that it releases dopamine into our body, which is the same dopamine that we get from doing all of the death things that we're taught not to do. And yet we get addicted to... So listen, if you see somebody that has 19 likes, you can either put them over the top, you can just give them that dopamine boost that's going to make their day, or you can just suppress them. And you can keep them down in the mully grubs. They were so close to getting that dopamine that they really wanted. What's the point? It is Facebook, it's really a counterfeit. Are you, I'm not preaching against Facebook. You understand? I have Facebook and I get on there and I use it. But I'm not, I'm not, we can't substitute the real deal for counterfeits. I don't know. I grew up playing outside. Anybody else grew up playing outside? Barefoot burns, that's what they called me. I just never wear shoes. I, I never, everywhere I went, I never wear shoes. So I was probably seven years old. I'm not going to tell you how old I was. <laughs> I started wearing shoes. It's bad enough, I'm telling you, they call me Barefoot Burns. But I would run around Timber Lake Subdivision and there was at least 25 of us and we played Capture the Flag and we played German Spotlight and we played football, the real kind, tackle, you know, like... Oh, we did the suplex, and, and we played from, you got out of school, and you played till dark. On the weekends, you played. We had fun. We swam in the Timberlake subdivision, and we had these relationships that, that a lot of them are non-existent anymore. I would go to my grandparents and sit, and uh, my grandmother, she would watch her stories. How I many of had a grandma that watches stories? What are stories? Soap operas. She calls them Stories. I got to watch my stories, right? Young and the Restless and As the World Turns. That's her two stories. And then Dallas came on at night and Walker, Texas Ranger. And she only got two channels. I mean, I remember that. And you had to turn the big dial. And one of the channels was D. It wasn't even a number, right? You had like 1 through 12 and then it went A, B, C, D, E, F. We don't have that anymore. So one of them was on D and then you had to... And you come back to 2. And that was the two channels. So because she didn't have any channels, I play, we played with our cousins. How many of y'all play with your cousins? How many of y'all have a cousin you kissed? <laughs> I got a hand raised. I didn't have one. I just want to see if y'all would raise your hand. <laughs> I just want to see if y'all, if, if y'all, if anybody liked that in here. So we would play with our cousins. My grandfather, they didn't have a TV at their house, so you ate dinner, which was homemade. Then you went and sat on the back porch. I mean, I had a grandpa like that. 
sat on the back porch and my grandpa, he would cross his legs like this, which I didn't I always want. I, like, I thought guys did like that. But he sat like that and he would tell you about uh, the war and he would tell you about cleaning fish and he would tell you about hunting. He would tell you about the Republican Party. Don't get mad if you're a Democrat. He's dead. Uh, he'd tell you all about the Republican Party, tell you all these types of things. And I'm just a 10-year-old kid. But, but I would go there and sit there for three hours on the back porch and listen to the crickets. And this is what these individuals did every day until they went home to be with the Lord. They hung out. They conversed. They talked. The kids played. The cousins played. And that was the real deal, baby. But now we're, we're losing some of that. We're absorbing what, what's being offered and we're forfeiting some of the things that I believe God uses for us. He, he gives us these things to help us. So I, I gave you last week, there were six golden rules of friendship or how do we maintain or how do we keep these friendships in our life? How do, how do we attract this? And uh, Jesus said very simply, he says, listen, if it, it, you need to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Right? If you want friends, Jesus is just an overlaying principle as the golden rule is do unto others as you have them do unto you. But there were six other rules that I wanted to give you. Last week I gave you two of them. The first one being invest the time. Or in other words, real relationships, long-lasting, committed relationships, they aren't accidental and they don't come cheap. You need to show up. You can't flake out on people. You'll never have real friends if you're always flaking out on them. Yeah, I'll be there, but you're flaky. You just don't show up. You can't, you can't cultivate friendships like that. How I many have people like that in your life? The second way that you have lasting friendships is you've got to earn people's trust. People got to be able to trust you. They got to be able to see that you're dependable, reliable, trustworthy. You have to be a loyal, right? You've got you to have some people's back. You need somebody that will fight for you. Like literally, like, let's go beat them up. And then you got to tell them, man, we can't go beat them up. We're good Christian people. But thanks for being willing to go beat somebody up with me. That was refreshing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, let's go beat them up. Right, right on. We can't do it. But man, yes, love you. People got to be able to see that you're loyal to them. The third way that you earn trust was through confidentiality. You can't be a gossip whenever people unload their toxicity on you. You can't go around telling everybody else about it. Or you'll never have friends. If you aren't reliable, you aren't trustworthy, you aren't confidential, you're not going to have these type of people in your life. The third golden rule, I'll give you three through four this morning, is if, if you want to have these type of people in your life, uh, the, the third one is, is that you, gotta, you have to learn how to listen. Got to be a good listener. I've actually got a real short video. It's a minute and 40 seconds, 47 seconds, that I'm going to show you real quick. Uh, about this kind of funny little video but you have to be uh, you have to learn how to be a good listener I have good news for you you can grow at this you can get good at this uh, I, 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 I was not always very good at this because lots of times how many of y'all know uh, how many of y'all ever sit there when people are talking to you and you're just waiting for them to shut up so you can say what you want to, like, like what you want to say to them don't lie how many are, how many are you, you're listening to people, but you want them to quit talking so you can unload your wisdom on them, right? You're going to grace them with your, with your heavenly advice. Yes, brace yourself. I'm about to give you 12 keys to wonderful right here. If you'll just quit talking long enough for me to unload on you. 
but, but over the past, I don't know how many years it's been now. There's been many times when people are talking to me and the Lord will just be like, just listen. Just listen. And I'm like, yeah, but I know what they need. I've seen this before, Lord. I've got nine scriptures that will blow their mind. And the Lord's just shut up. Just listen. Just listen. So you can get better at this. You can grow. Men, you can get better at this. I mean, I know your wife likes to, she wants to communicate, right? They talk, we grunt. Huh. That's the way it is. They, 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 they like to talk. Listen, you can get better. Go ahead, you kill the lights. praised all the others share in its happiness if one part of the body suffers he says listen the whole thing is hurting but if one is praised then all others share in its happiness rejoice with those who rejoice mourn with those that mourns last thing i'll say about this is that this is not uh, an option this is a commandment for the church of jesus the commandment for the church is listen we need to celebrate when people win and help them when they don't. The sixth, the last reason why we, or how we get these types of friendships is we bring out the best in people. You need to bring the best out in people. I mean, I may have ever heard of a best friend. Well, this is a, a term that we use a lot. She's my bestie. Boys don't say that, just girls. We hope they don't. We take their man card if they do. We remove it right out their wallet. But, but girls, it's that, oh, this is, this is my bestie. And now the younger ones, like my, my little daughter, Ansley, she's seven. She says, Jolie is my BFF, which is best friend forever. Or at least till the next grade is what she really means. Is least till the next grade unless she doesn't ri- let me ride the pony. Then we aren't BFFs anymore. Well, what is a best friend? Well, you would define it a lot of different ways. But, but a best friend should bring out their best in you. 
In other words, if you have a best friend, you say, I grew up with them. If they don't bring out your best, then they shouldn't qualify as your best friend. So, yeah, but I've been around them my whole life. Uh, It doesn't matter. Your best friend should bring out your best, right? The things that are the best about you, your best characteristics should be what that person draws out of you. If they're drawing your not-so-best things out, then that disqualifies them. It should disqualify them as being your best friend. Can you still be uh, friends with them? Absolutely. Sure, I have plenty of friends that are downright sinners. Just straight-up heathens. Sure, I have friends like that. They aren't my committed friends. They are casual friends. Do I love them? Sure, but I love them intensely. Uh, that been through a lot with some of these individuals. But they don't bring out my best. So they, even if at one time they were my best friend, they are not my best friend anymore. Now, my best friends are people that pull out my very best. They know we have common goals, we have common interests, and we're striving for the same thing. We're striving for uh, the will of God for our life. Those people are your best friends. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, it says, Just as iron sharpens iron, friends sharpen each other. Or friends sharpen friends. How many of y'all know when iron sharpens iron? You know, y'all know what happens? Sparks fly, baby. Sparks, they're going to fly. And you've got to be able to deal with the sparks. But just go ahead. You need some people in your life that will, they're willing for sparks to fly. They're willing for, they'll, they'll love you enough to speak up and speak the truth. They'll love you enough to, uh, the, to risk rejection in order to help you. They will love you enough to make a tough call and not just stand by silently. Last one is, is that they'll care more about your future than your feelings. I care more about the direction you're going than whether or not you're going to like me at the end of this conversation. What are they trying to do? They're trying to pull the best out of you. They're not just yes men. And whenever we started the church, the Lord told me, he said, don't surround yourself with just yes men. Now you need to have some people that are willing to pull out the very best. Those are the people that are your best friends. Proverbs 24, verse 26, it says, an honest answer is a sign of true friendship. Your life will be richer, fuller, and more mature because of these type of individuals. Last verse I'll give you, Proverbs 27, verses 5 and 6. It says, A truly good friend will openly correct you. Boom goes the dynamite. You can trust a friend who corrects you. God wants you to get from point A to point B. You cannot do it without people like this. You need these type of people in your life. What, what for? For all of those things. But the last one is they'll propel you to your best. I told you last week as I closed, I said your homework was to identify people in your life and then evaluate those people and evaluate yourself. The people that are closest to you. The people that are most influential to you. The people that that you want around you the most. Evaluate, are they what's best for me? 
And you can't cut, and I'm not saying you've got to just cut people off. I'm, not, I'm telling you, I have friends that, that I still, that, that I communicate with. Hey, how you doing good? How you doing? Hey, you know, we talk and we, and you know, I'm not saying that you have to just, some things, some things the Lord, he will tell you. He'll tell you, you better end that. But, but for the most part, there are people, I'm not saying that you can't talk and hang out, but I'm saying I want you to evaluate the people that, that you value the most and say, are they these type of characteristics do they do these six things for me and then you have to be honest and evaluate yourself am i these six things to them am i dependable trustworthy reliable can i do i gossip Uh, do i bring out the best in people uh do i you know all six of them all of them you have to evaluate yourself evaluate them and uh the lord will help you he'll show you uh, what to do and he'll bring other people He'll bring some people out, he'll close some doors, and he'll open some other doors, and people will walk into your life, and uh, it'll be a blessing to you. I'm going to close and pray. I want to tell you next week, though, we're going to look at the people the Bible says stay away from. It'll be juicy. Yes. We spent two weeks talking about, listen, listen, this is what God wants to do through relationships, but there's real clear, there's people that God says you need to watch out for the snake in the grass. You need to watch out for these type of people. They'll hold you back. Let's pray together this morning. Thank you, Father God, that you're bringing supernatural. Uh, I just speak, and I confess, supernatural relationships being birthed and born within our midst and that you're bringing people into divine connections. That, Lord Jesus, you said that you, uh, that you weave people, that you knit and join hearts and lives together. And we thank you, Lord, that we see you moving in our relationships so that we can have meaningful, committed, safe relationships and we can go forward and do all the will of God for our lives. If you're here, you need to be saved. You need to be born again. I don't want to close without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Obviously, the most wonderful relationship you could ever be in is, um, is with Jesus. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother he is a friend the Bible says greater love hath no man that he would lay down his life for his friend the greatest friend you could ever imagine or think to have the friend that will actually outlive of this present age all the way into eternity is Jesus he's the only one that, that's qualified to lay down his life for you and he did it uh, he was willing to do it If you're here, you say, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I need to be saved. I need to be born again. I'd like to pray with you, pray for you. If that's you, I ask you to raise your hand. Is there anybody like that this morning? Maybe you're a visitor. You've never been here. I know most of you. But I want to make sure that you're saved, that you're born again. Maybe you're here. You say, I've been saved. I've been born again. But I'm not walking with the Lord. And you say, I just need forgiveness. You know, I share the story of the guy that he needed forgiveness from God. And that's very important. But he also needed to confess his faults one to another. But if you're here, you say, I just need, I need to confess uh, to God. I need forgiveness today. Yes, sir. Anybody else this morning? Say, I need. Yes, ma'am. Great thing about Jesus. He says, listen, if you'll confess your faults, he says, I'm faithful and just to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Come on. That's a good word right there. All unrighteousness. He says, I'll cleanse you. I'll remove your sins as far as the east is from the west. I'll remember them no more. He actually says, I'll throw them in the sea of forgetfulness. 
What's he trying to tell you? Well, and as, as descriptive as possible is if you'll confess your faults, he says, I'll remove them from you and even your consciousness if you'll let me. If that's you, you say, I need some things removed from my consciousness. Then he's here for you. I'll lead you in a prayer this morning. I'm going to pray. I'll have you stand up and we'll repeat this prayer after me. But then I want to pray for your relationships. Everybody stand up on your feet. Let's pray this prayer together. And then while we do this, I'm going to give you just a couple of minutes, one or two minutes, just to quiet yourself and allow the Holy Spirit to bring people to your consciousness. Just give you a minute. Many times we walk out of church and your homework is to evaluate and inspect and we just kind of forget. We don't do it. So while we're in here and the presence of God's here, I want to give you just a couple of seconds. Think about some people in your life. that Are they bringing the best out? And then some ways that you can be better as a friend. Now let's say this together. by say, Father God, I thank you. Jesus Christ, he died for me and he arose by your power from the dead Jesus is Lord I confess my faults I ask you to cleanse me of all my sins I thank you you wash me you remove them as far as the east is from the west I consider myself to be clean in Jesus name let me pray for you. Thank you, Father God, that right now that we, you said to examine our hearts, examine our lives. Pray for every person here that they examine their friendships, their relationships. If there's any person here that says, I don't have one person in my life I can confide in. I thank you that you're bringing them. That if they'll do their part, that they'll do uh, the laws that bring these people in, I thank you that you make them aware that they're coming, that you're bringing people supernaturally into their life to help them do the will of God. I pray that every person in here recognizes not just one, but two or four, that, that you're bringing multiple couples into relationship with other couples so that they can be healthy and whole every area of their life. We examine our hearts, our lives this morning. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to reveal this week as we're going along that you show us people, relationships we need to be better with and in our own heart how we can be better. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Hey, praise God, we appreciate